Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Normally, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, but we have a fantastic replacement for Richard tonight. Miss Kenya Gibson, our media maven at iHeart. Kenya is actually the person who hatched the idea of this show. She won't admit it, but she is. And she and I talked it out, and then we went to Richard with it. So it all started with Kenya. And Elizabeth will always give me the credit, but quite honestly, we both were the masterminds behind it. We were sitting at the Roxy, oh my gosh, how many months back? Like a year almost? A year, pretty much, almost. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we were having a glass of champagne or maybe two, (laughs) and we just came up with this concept of giving entrepreneurs the opportunity to come and pitch their ideas on the radio, and here we are. And it's not just the radio. It's a podcast. It's the iHeart app, and it's a social media effort, so it really does get a lot of play when everybody comes on the radio. For sure, for sure. And so I do have to say that Richard has an IP firm, intellectual property firm, We do patents, trademarks, and copyrights. I can do the patents, but I can't do the rest because I'm not an attorney. But we have attorneys who can do patents, trademarks, and copyrights. And Richard has been doing it for 30 years. And we have 1,800 clients. We have entrepreneurs for clients. We really, really love what we do. And so we're going to try to work a little bit into that today about what are you doing with your IP, what needs do you have, and talk about how it fits into the general entrepreneurial space. Yeah, and how important it is if you have an idea to protect it, right? So how many times do we share something and we kind of don't do what we need to do to protect it for ourselves? And then somebody else does it, (laughs) and then you're like, darn it! I should have did that. So, um... I want to introduce our speaker now, our guest speaker, Charles Migletti, all the way here from Paris. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah, <laughs> he's in New York uh, having meetings because they are expanding their business into Boston. But New York is where all the fun happens, right? <laughs> so, and it's not as cold as, as Boston this time of year. So his company is Tucan Toco, and he aims to put data in the hands of neophytes like me to make insights and decision making accessible to the greatest number. So I looked at all his stuff and basically what he does is he takes all this complicated data and puts it into what they call these stories and it makes it so much easier to understand what he's doing and it looks the same on mobile as it does on a a desktop. So welcome Charles. Welcome. And how do you say your last name because you just say it so much better than we do. Migliati. Oh that's beautiful. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh and I forgot to mention you've written a book titled Data at the Heart of Digital Transformation. Yes. Thank you very much for inviting me today. Yeah so tell us a little bit about Toucan Toco. Toucan Toco is a French company. We do software and our mission is to deliver data and insights to the neophyte end user. So we have this very impressive platform where anybody can build data storytelling applications that will be shared inside organization. So at the end, everybody knows what's important, what's actionable, what they should do to improve their business. That's amazing. And it sounds really intense. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Yes, it is. We work in the very interesting uh, uh, ecosystem, which is the, the data space. A lot, a lot of uh, things happened. Uh, The value chain of the data is huge, and we are at the very last mile of this value chain of the data. Uh, And the question is how you ensure that everybody gets the same message, everybody understands everything. And we are like you, like a radio. We are a media, 
because we want that uh, in big companies or even in smaller ones that everybody look at the same direction, everybody knows what's important, what's not, and what should be the focus today. Mm. So how did you get started? Like, when did this all come to fruition for you? Um, we started the company five years ago. Um, at the very beginning, we were only two people. I started it with Kilian, and we know each other since 18 years. We were in high school together, and uh, we started like five years ago when uh, I was finishing or ending my first startup, which was a complete failure. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so tell us, tell us about that. You and many other people. Yeah, yeah. I think the best thing I did with uh, this startup is to end it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the best thing. Uh, and this startup was about uh, making summaries of uh, web content because uh, we wanted to make content more accessible and to provide uh, like a digest uh, for every every content, but it was uh, very hard to do because we wanted to do it by hand with mm. the community, like Wikipedia, and we didn't manage to get traction. And the the idea is too crazy to to be uh, to be real. Got it. <laughs> so we we ended it, and uh, just after that, uh, I, I I started Tukentico with uh, my co-founder, uh, and why uh, it was uh, very easy to, for us to to choose this. Uh, this space because uh, we do data visualization and data visualization is at the heart of three patients that we share mm -hmm. which are uh, data design and last but not least pedagogy the same spirit between the summaries uh, uh, startup is how you make things much more clearer much more uh, easy to understand sure and data visualization is here to make data accessible for everybody what I love about it, I did look at your things, as I said, is I think one of the most powerful things is you can see everything on mobile the same way it looks on a desktop because we work on the train coming in. If we're flying, we're working everywhere, basically. And I think that's really important and not as many websites are responsive or data things are so clear on mobile. Yeah, um, because what we believe is that usage creates value because the more you use the application, the more information you are able to extract. So the question is how you, you create a lot of usage. And if you want that everybody use uh, the, the tools uh, anywhere at, at, at any time, you have to make it available on mobile. That's why we are like a mobile first applications, which means that when you build something on our platform, it's available on any devices. Hmm. It's uh, build once, deploy anywhere. Uh, it's available on uh, your desktop, your mobile, your tablet, and even, even you know what, on PDF. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is the innovation. Yeah. <laughs> Which is important because I think accessing information and looking at it and getting this universal approach to it so it all looks the same on every single device is important. I can't tell you how many times I've gone on to websites or access something mobily and it just it looks great on the desktop but then it looks crazy on my phone yeah. and it's missing a whole bunch of information exactly and this is where the intelligence is this is uh, uh, related to the ip how you manage to render as much information on the small devices as you can on bigger screens this is a really tough challenge and we explore all the uh, capabilities of the mobile devices to do it. So do you have IP for that? Did you patent that process? Um, 
I'd say we have internal IP, but we at this time we haven't patented anything because for us it's something we don't know how to do, okay. <laughs> and it's a like a very complicated matter for us. Well, you may want to keep it a trade secret too, because once you patent something. Yes, after, it's, uh, it's publicly available after. Right, so after a couple of years, 18 months after your, your utility patent is filed, it's published for the world to see as an application. So some people do want to get the patent because it's stronger protection, but some people prefer to keep it a trade secret so other people don't know what they're doing and can't like just... Like the Coca-Cola recipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I have to ask you, I love your little toucan bird. How did you Thank come you. up with Toucan Toco? Uh, that's a very nice question. Thank you. We chose the name because uh, we wanted to be somebody, be someone. And it, uh, it's hard to be someone if you don't have like a mascot. And we decided to choose uh, an animal because an animal, it's a... Uh, like a living person. Mm -hmm. And then we said, okay, uh, which animal is, in, is interesting and communicates truly well what we do. Um, we chose the bird because the bird flies. It's agile. Uh, it, uh, it sees uh, far away. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a good, good image for us. And then we said, okay, uh, uh, we work in the data space, which is very... Not funny, <laughs> very boring. <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 and we said, okay, how can we make this space uh, greater again, more colorful? That's why we chose like an exotic bird. Mm -hmm. And then among the exotic birds that we knew, uh, the toucan was the most evident. As, and colorful bird. Yes, mm -hmm. and uh, he has, uh, it has this big nose. And when we spoke about people about toucan, they said, oh, I love Costa Rica, I love uh, <laughs> Panama. And say, so, okay, that's a good... Uh, Good thing if uh, when people uh, think about us, they think about their holidays. Mm. And uh, and then we said, okay, let's uh, uh, book toucan.com. But toucan.com was not available. So we said, okay, we really like this name. Let's look on Wikipedia what we can do f starting from there. And uh, <laughs> and then we said that toucan toco was the species mm. of, uh, of, of toucan. Great. You're listening to Passage to Profit with Kenya Gibson and Elizabeth Gearhart on WOR 710, the voice of New York. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearhart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearhart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trade, Trademark and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit Gearheart heartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And Miss Kenya Gibson, our media maven at iHeart. I am not Richard, in case you're wondering. <laughs> you don't look anything like him. <laughs> but I'm, it's so gracious of you to have me here today, and, and I, I really appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation and continue speaking to Charles Miglietti. Did I say that right? Yeah, perfect. Awesome. So we're going to continue the conversation with him. And then we have 
three entrepreneurs who are going to be pitching their businesses coming up later in the show. They're going to have two minutes to pitch and six minutes to answer questions from Charles, Elizabeth, and myself. After the pitches, you, our listeners, can go to the Passage to Profit page at GearHeartLaw.com and vote for your favorite pitch. G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W. And people can vote for a week, but everybody only gets one vote. So the people that are pitching today and people that are listening that like the pitches need to tell everybody they know. Go on your social media and have them come and vote. So they can remember the name by imagining walking down a passage with a huge pot of gold at the end. Passage to profit. Should I say Richard's part? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And may your passage be short and your profit be huge. That's an amazing tagline. (laughs) (laughs) I really like it. (laughs) So... So in the break, we were talking about the difference between people who know and understand data and have gone to school to figure out how to study it and use it and what you do with the data for people. So do you want to talk about that a little? Yes, sure. We call it the difference and the complementarity between data exploration and data storytelling. Data exploration, it's a discipline that is reserved and dedicated to data analysts. Those are people who have been trained to use the tools and they are looking for articulated answers to complex questions and they will spend hours digging into the data. What we do is much more storytelling uh, on the other hand and which is dedicated to business users, neophytes. Um, It's meant for people that have not been trained to data and that they will have only a few minutes to understand what's going on. Um, that's why we have to make it very easy to use, easy to understand, so at the end they are able to make the right decision. I'm definitely in the neophyte category. <laughs> I tell you. Well, but you, you do look at marketing data. And oh, I, for sure. When I was a chemist, I looked at scientific data. But in a company, you have to look at all the data, especially if you're the leader. So the financial data, I, I would just go, uh. <laughs> so you... What, which data do you put into these storyboards? We work in different departments inside the companies. Uh, we work in marketing departments, in sales departments, in supply chain, finance, uh, or HR, because each of these departments owns a lot, a lot of data. And depending on who they are, they have different needs and different uh, things, urgent things that they can fix thanks to a good access to data. Because when you have access to data, you can take good decision because there are informed decisions. So it can be for marketing, spending, um, how much you should spend per channel. It, it can be supply chain. Should I re- um, uh, reallocate some resources to to my stocks? Or it can be HR, uh, wh- how is my company uh, doing? So I think that why this is so important is very intelligent people start companies but they really kind of only know what they do and they have to learn everything else. And if you, I'm a chemist, but I'm doing marketing. And if I go in and look at the marketing stuff and go deep, there is incredible data there. And it's called different names and there's a ton of it. And I don't even really know how to process it. So, and, and then the same with the financial data, you can get a CPA. And, but then how does somebody who's a chemist look at that? So that's what you do, right? Yes, we are here to make the good information very easy to understand because you, you don't have to know what's chemistry. You don't have to understand what's finance. You just open something, which is like an application. And when you log in, you see 
numbers, easy figures that will tell you who is the first, who is the, le who is the leader, who is the last, what's the difference between the targets, what's the evolution, well, how, how things have evolved in the following, uh, in the past, uh, in, in the past years or in the past months, and what's the, what's the target. So even if you don't understand anything, using our tool, you'll see what matters and what's important. And the fact that it's laid out, the data is laid out in a storyboard format. Yeah, makes it very easy for people exactly palatable exactly. to visualize it and understand that, it. That's the same comparison between um, a good novel and a dictionary. Uh, if you open like a dictionary, you don't know what to look for. Uh, you have all these definitions, and when you open like a novel, it, it's a story, and you sit in a chair with a glass of wine and you enjoy. And wine makes everything much better. <laughs> yes. My daughter used to love to read in the bathtub. You should see the books when she's done. <laughs> so you are here from Paris, but you are in a number of countries right now, right? Yeah. Which countries are you in? We are um, in Spain, in Italy and Netherlands, and we are in the U.S. In Boston, right? Yeah. So who are your customers? Big corporations? Yeah, um, these are big corporations. For example, like L'Oréal, like uh, the LVMH brands. Uh, we work with Total or Sanofi. So how do you get them to be clients? I mean, you were a startup when you started this, right? And you had to convince these big corporations you had something of value they would want. Yeah, it's uh, hard work. <laughs> 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 but uh, uh, when you have something that creates a lot of impact and that provides a lot of value for people, uh, it's a no-brainer for them that uh, they should work with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is, it, is it a competitive space? Yeah, it's very competitive because, like I said, data, it's a very, very busy and very moving, uh, fast-moving space. Uh, uh, the value chain of the data is huge and you have vendors that uh, deal with very specific parts of the data and we are very specialized in the very last mile. We only do that. And how quickly does the technology change? I mean, how you're capturing data and does that evolve pretty quickly? The access to data is... Uh, moving very fast because uh, every day you have uh, providers that open their uh, data feed and uh, inside the companies they, they set up even more and more like ERPs like this that will structure the data. Your data comes through every day. When is it updated? Is it updated at night? It depends on uh, the, the data that we are talking about. But uh, if, it, if it's, for example, for financial data, like sales data, it can be updated uh, uh, either even real time uh, for example, uh, we work with uh, 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 retailers in Europe and uh, we are directly connected to their ERPs. And uh, in real time, the uh, shop manager can see what's their numbers and uh, what's the category that are trending and if they should take some actions to make the number better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that, like working in multiple countries. Like what is that expansion like and, and do you sleep? When do you sleep? <laughs> it's uh, you, you have to distribute. <laughs> you don't have to do it by yourself. Mm -hmm. So we have an amazing team of people uh, that uh, uh, work in, in these countries. Uh, the most important thing, I, thi I, I think, regarding uh, expansion is the go-to-market strategy, is how you will put your product inside a completely new market. And it requires you to identify your targets, to know to whom you will be selling to, uh, identify the good use case, the good buyers, uh, the, uh, the the people you you will speak to, and then target some companies 
because you, you for instance when you enter the, the US market you can say okay I will uh, target every company there is too much you have to focus and the uh, preparation of the this focus take a, it's the most important thing and then after that you have to build your value proposition which value would you bring to for each client and then you have to Uh, uh, think about your sales strategy. Will you do direct sales, inside sales? I do have one last question. How many companies do you have using this now? We are more than 100 companies. Wow, oh, that's great. That's amazing. What's an ideal client look like for you? Like, what's a good client for you? Um, for example, a good client will be like retailers because they have a lot of data. They have a lot of spots in terms of network. The network is huge. We can help them to collect all the data and at the end uh, make something that's very easy to read, easy to understand for everybody in the network to understand what's going on. You're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I'm Kenya Gibson sitting in for Richard Gearhart. I'm sitting here with my lovely co-host tonight, Elizabeth. How are you, Elizabeth? I'm great. Thank well, you for coming. <laughs> well, I'm super glad to be here. And now it's time for the pitches. And remember, at the end of the program, go to the Passage to Profit page on the Gearheart Law website where you can vote for the pitch you like the best. And first up, we have Sheila Donovan from iCanMarketOnline.com. Sheila, you have two minutes. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Set, go. There are 7.5 billion people in the world. 55% use the internet, 44% actively use social media, and 42% use social media on a mobile device. That's 3.2 billion people using social media on a mobile device. In the United States, we have 325.6 million people, 88% use the internet, 71% actively use social media, and 61% use social media on a mobile device. That's 200 million people using social media on a mobile device. So if you are not marketing your business online, you are not marketing effectively. Many small business owners and entrepreneurs know they need to use digital marketing to grow their business, but they get stuck on the technology and techniques of digital marketing. Then they try a few things and abandon them when they don't work. Then they try to implement the latest strategy some guru is preaching without really understanding how it works or why they are doing it. In a nutshell, they find digital marketing overwhelming. You know what happens when people get overwhelmed? They do nothing. The secret to mastering anything requires that you master the fundamentals. Easier said than done when it comes to digital marketing, right? Well, actually, it is. I Can Market Online teaches you how to market your business online, starting with the fundamentals. You will learn how to reach your ideal target audience, 
build an awesome website, create stunning videos and graphics, and create content that converts prospects into clients. You will learn how to make sure that your marketing is mobile device friendly so that you can reach people on the fastest growing platform, their mobile devices. If you are ready to overcome the overwhelm of digital marketing, visit iCanMarketOnline.com. That's iCanMarketOnline.com. Enter coupon code PROFIT for a 20% discount. You can also try it before you buy it by watching my 30-minute free class. So head on over to iCanMarketOnline.com. That's iCanMarketOnline.com and enter coupon code PROFIT for a 20% discount. Well, there it is. There you go. Yeah, so amazing. I am too in the digital space. It can be very overwhelming, especially if you don't know what you're doing. And you can help people with that. I can. And I I teach in a a click-by-click style because I've worked with so many small businesses. And I get the same questions over and over and over again. And so I built a course around it. And there's a lot of people out there that will train you on digital marketing. But you really, you know, they, they just, you know, give you, oh, do this, do that. They give you a formula that's so advanced and so hard to follow. So many small business owners need to start with the basics and the fundamentals. I remember when Facebook started, I didn't know if I posted something, if the whole world would see it, if just the people I was talking to would see it, how long it would stay there, how stupid it would sound. Mm -hmm. Right, And that's kind of the fear, right? You don't really know where your posts are going, who's reading them. Yeah, not only that, I mean, the Facebook platform is very, very powerful for targeting people and serving ads to them. And Facebook is happy to take your money. They don't say, hey, wait, that's a lousy ad and that target makes no sense. They will just serve your ads out there and you can spend a lot of money. Conversely, if you do it right, you can find your ideal client online, nurture them online. Same with LinkedIn. If you understand how to use LinkedIn for business to business, it's a wonderful tool. And one thing is most of the tools are actually free. Hmm. So let's break it down for non-social media users, right? Right. So what is the best platform you think to start on if you're new to social media and marketing? It depends if you're in the B2B or B2C space. Um, you It depends on who you're targeting as well. For the consumer market, of course, Facebook would be a good one. And then you can expand down to Instagram. Uh, LinkedIn is a good one for B2B if you're looking for more corporate people. The one piece of advice I give people is there's so many free tools out there to manage your social media marketing. Tools like Canva, where you can create amazing graphics, things like that. Adobe Spark is another one. You can create videos absolutely free, and the platforms are user-friendly. What's the best advice you would uh, give to uh, companies that want to uh, start marketing online? Don't overthink it. Too many people worry about what people will say, worry about what people will think. If you worry about that all the time, you'll never get anything done. Mm -hmm. And uh, my father had an Irish saying that would say, you can never plow a field turning it over in your mind. Mm -hmm. So it's so true, especially with online marketing. And the longer you wait, these numbers, if I came back, the numbers I just gave you will be higher next year. There'll be more people using online marketing. Mm-hmm. I'm rushing to iCanMarketOnline.com. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So you, do you give people a roadmap? You said click by click. Click by so, click. So do you tell people, like, here's where you can see your followers in Facebook. Mm-hmm. Here's where you can follow someone else and ask them to follow you, that kind of thing? I do. And I also, like, zoom in on where am I clicking and what am I actually clicking on and what are the options that are going to happen. More than anything, also teaching them the strategy. I mean, you really understand, have to understand very, very clearly who are you targeting. 
Facebook tracks online and offline behavior. So they can figure out who likes a particular TV show, for example. So in the home improvement space, um, it wouldn't be hard to figure out what home improvement TV shows people would be interested in. Mm -hmm. So you really have to understand your customer. One thing I teach is organization skills, you know, getting your content ready and truly creating a content plan because trying to wing it on social media is not a lot of fun and it really shows. Yeah. How much should one typically post to any platform? So Instagram, for example, like what's, is it once a day? Is it once a week? Like what is the average? I, I like to say it's what you can do comfortably and well. I mean, there's people that are on Instagram every day, multiple times a day. i post an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if you're using it from a marketing point of view, develop a message, develop a content story that, you know, flows and, and represents your brand. You know, as much as you can possibly do, some people get very proficient over time. But if you're totally new to this, it's very hard to post every day mm -hmm. and have it be meaningful and something of interest to your audience. So a couple of times a week I'm posting good content because now it's more about good than frequent content, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and do you help manage people's social media profiles? I do for some customers, but I'm more about empowering and teaching the small business owner and entrepreneur because when you look at a small business owner and an entrepreneur, what are they going to do with their budget? Well, hiring an agency is very expensive. And whatever you're spending with an agency or hiring somebody could be better spent on actually paying for the advertisements on the platform. So I'm more about teaching. Although I do have some clients. Yeah, I saw something. I am not that great at social media. That's why we have Andrew Martin. <laughs> He's our social media person. But I did see on Facebook you can boost a post, and it's not expensive. It's not. But boosting a post is part of a strategy. Boosting a post mm -hmm. unto itself is not a great strategy because you want to have um, interaction with that customer and try and develop a relationship with them. Ultimately, you want to get their email address, even on Facebook, because you can do retargeting and you can use the email to market to them again. But building your engagement is part of the strategy. It is can be expensive, but I'll tell you what, it's not easy to run through thousands of dollars on Facebook if you don't know what you're doing. What's the best uh, success story you had with uh, one of your clients uh, who made uh, uh, online marketing? Um, I worked with a uh, copywriter who really had no following whatsoever and no understanding of how to use social media. And she was able to convert clients into paid clients for books. And and that was like a ground zero kind of story. Awesome. A lot of people that I train, I don't find out what their end results are financially, but they'll write to me and tell me. Well, unfortunately, we have to wrap it up. Sheila, it's been lovely speaking to well, you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure being here. Yeah. And just let everybody know where they can find you again. At iCanMarketOnline.com. Amazing. You're listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the Inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years. Hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world. QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventing, A-T-O. 
Z.com. Inventing A to Z.com. Email me, Lisa at Inventing A to Z.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, Inventing A to Z.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And Kenya Gibson, our media maven at iHeart. And I am so happy to introduce Gail Kreitzer, who's going to pitch DashboardingMinds.com. Hi, I'm Gail Kreitzer. I declutter overwhelmed minds. I am a coach, trainer, and speaker. And I am passionate about helping busy professionals manage all the moving parts of their busy lives. I have created a visual approach to mental organization that I call dashboarding. Dashboarding is focused on helping you distill all the mental clutter that you are carrying around in your brain that you don't even realize is weighing you down. I'm also an inventor. I've invented a unique tool to help you implement dashboarding, and it's called My Dashboard Planner. So if you are someone who has a lot going on and you find that you are reactive, you know, firing on all cylinders, overextended, overwhelmed, I'd love to get my hands on your brain and help you get to less. I work with schools, businesses, and individuals. And I'm really, really passionate about helping people declutter their minds and unleash their power. Thank you. Well, sign me up. <laughs> me <Okay>. too. <laughs> Wonderful. So what is one of the tools that you use? First and foremost, I teach people the dashboarding approach. It's a framework. It's a collection of daily habits. Many of these habits people are already doing. But the way dashboarding works is a progression of habits that helps you really create a framework for all sorts of habits, routines, and strategies like goal setting, prioritizing, managing distractions, time management. And my go-to tool, it's not the only way to implement dashboarding, but it's my favorite way, is using sticky notes, believe it or not. And my tool, my dashboard planner, leverages the power and simplicity of sticky notes, which allow you to create mental dashboards to help you unpack every part of your brain. Short-term tasks, long-term tasks, no-term tasks, thoughts, ideas, worries, concerns. And the reason why it's called dashboarding is because it's a lot like a car dashboard. Everything you need to know about driving your car safely, effectively, efficiently is all laid out in front of you. And it's no accident. It allows everything to be visible, accessible, and centralized. So dashboarding is really the same concept. I help people create mental dashboards for all areas of their life and mind, their family, personal life, work, projects, health issues. And then I help people create one master plan each and every day to work off of um, that connects them with their priorities. Hmm. I'm going to need sticky pads in bulk because I've got a lot going on in here. I love sticky notes. I have them all over my desk at work. There's really three key habits that I talk to people about starting with, okay? Number one is to keep your mind clear at all times. So use your brain not to hold on to information, but to interact with information, okay? I also recommend that you create a daily plan every day. A lot of us tend to work reactively, 
okay? And we just go through our emails or look at our schedule and write a list. And lists are very, very useful, but dashboarding is about really taking all your lists, Mm. organizing them very visually so that you can distill them. And honestly, it helps you power up your executive function so you can make better decisions, choices, and problem solve. So keep your mind clear, focus on creating a daily plan every day, and call me. (laughs) (laughs) I will, I will. So does this help with the... Oh, it's three in the afternoon. Oh, I know I'm going to have to cook dinner tonight, but I have to get this done. But oh my gosh, I have to cook dinner. But I have to yes, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Okay. So what dashboarding really does, it gives you a place to put everything. Okay. So once you create your mental dashboards and organize your mind, think of a closet. Okay. A cluttered closet. Typically when we go to attack that closet, when we've had enough, what do we do? We usually take everything out. Why? Well, it's so we can assess everything. We can compare and contrast, right? We see, oh, how come I have 17,000 pairs of, you know, black pants, right? (laughs) I know Um, why. (laughs) I have no more, you know, I have no cocktail dresses that I like anymore. So you can start to create awareness, right, that informs your decisions, your choices. So dashboarding is a lot like that. I help you take out everything that you're carrying around in your brain so you can start to assess it. And then I teach you how to create one list plan, actually, that sits on top of all your dashboards. And so during the course of the day, as you're working on your plan and a thought pops into your brain, you know how that happens all the time. You're like, oh my gosh, I have to remember. I teach you how to just refer to your dashboard and unpack it. Mm. It's going to be in a safe place. It's visible. It's centralized. And you don't have to worry about it you'll be able to find it easily. And dashboarding, it's about health and wellness. Honestly, it's about what I have found with working with clients over and over again. Number one, it's not about organization. On the surface, it is. But once you get back you know, through the layers, you find out it's something way more meaningful. Well, it's okay? interesting you say that because I was going to ask you, like, what if you're not naturally organized? Yes. Dashboarding helps somebody who is not naturally organized, and it also helps people that are very organized, but who are finding that they're working harder and harder, faster and faster, longer and longer, trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. And they reach a point and they're like, you know what? There's got to be a better way. Mm-hmm. And I developed dashboarding, honestly, to solve my own problem years ago. So right? how does it work if... Every morning I check my emails and I get that email. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, this is going to take five hours and I have to do it now and I have to do it today. And what about the rest of my day? Yep. How does it work with that? So dashboarding, um, well, first and foremost, it works in conjunction with your calendar. And like I said, it also all kind of funnels into a daily plan. So really every day, every morning or every night, you are putting together a game plan for the day. Okay, and that may look different Mm -hmm. depending on what your profession is or what you're working on. But there's all different strategies that I kind of teach that, you know, it'd be hard to go into the detail now, but you can create a different template for your daily plan. Like, let me just give you a basic example. Your daily plan could have things that you need to do um, related to your job, related to your personal life. But you could also create a daily plan that, you know, shows you a plan Time blocking. Have you guys heard of time blocking where you are accounting for every minute of the day? So you're you are literally looking at your day saying between eight and eight thirty, I'm working on this proposal. Between twelve and one, I'm checking email. 
So there's really so many different ways that you can up your game, right? But dashboarding is a framework, okay? It's kind of like giving you a home for habits. I like that, home for habits. I just made that up. (laughs) (laughs) I think the daily plan is a really good idea. So if I had to give up five hours to some unexpected thing, I could probably take some of the things and put them on tomorrow's daily plan, Right. right? I think that that is kind of comforting to know what you expect to do every day. And then if you get off track, you can go back on, right? Absolutely. I find that the most powerful thing is practice. And, you know, when I I give presentations to large groups of people, and I always ask the question, how many people in this room create a plan? And you'd be surprised how few hands go up, right? So once you get into the habit of just pausing in the morning or in the evening, you know, depending on if you're a lark or an owl, and just thinking about what the best plan of attack for your day, you're way ahead of the game. Just keep trying, keep practicing, being proactive, and that leads to better results. I, yeah, I think that's great advice. I find when I have everything written out at the beginning of the day, which I have done a few times, but not, that it does go better. I am doing a challenge, a 10-day challenge. It's called Spring Clean Your Mind, and it starts on, what else? The first day of spring, March 20th. So if you'd like to participate or check out my website, please feel free, dashboardingminds.com. Awesome. Thank you. You've been listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W dot com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I am sitting in for Richard today. My name is Kenya Gibson, and we have our last but not least pitch of the evening. We have John Rondi with StuNightedApp.com with us, and uh, you're up. All right. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is John Rondi. I am 23 years old, a recent Roan University graduate and the creator and founder of Stunited. Uh, so quick story about myself. When I was a sophomore in college, I was up one night trying to write a paper. Um, at this point, I was stuck. I didn't know what else to do. I couldn't call my professor, couldn't find the help online, and couldn't afford a tutor. Uh, so what I did was I reached out to my friend from across the hall and explained to her the situation I was in. I said, listen, you're good at writing. Help me revise this essay, and in return, I'll help you with your math homework. She liked the idea because now she was doing something she enjoyed, and I liked the idea for the same reason. And it wasn't long till I started making sort of a business out of this. But then it sort of hit me that I am not the only student with this thought process. So if we are all actively looking for ways to barter our skills, why isn't there a platform to facilitate this process? That's where we come in. Studentnited is an app for students to match and connect based on what they're good at in school and what they need help in. 
Uh, so since that little idea that I had, I went on to win Rowan's business model competition of 2017. We then launched the app on the App Store August 10th of 2017. Um, since then, we have generated just about 10,000 downloads and I've had about 3,500 profiles created. We have done a ton of marketing on different college campuses where we would do different campus tours just to get in the front of the faces of different college students to understand their feedback. And we now have a second version of the app rolling out pretty soon. So we're excited to launch that and provide students a viable tool to match, message, and collaborate. Um, at the end of the day, our goal and our mission is to bridge the gap between education and social media. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> I th when we were talking before, I told you this story, but when my son started at Virginia Tech in math, his professor was a little difficult for him to understand and connect with, but his roommate's professor for the same class was really a good professor. And so his roommate pretty much tutored him through that first math class. Right. And he, I don't know if he shared, maybe he shared his beer drinking skills. Whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But it, but I understand exactly what you're saying. Right. And it, it, to your point, I mean, as, as a humorous joke, but everyone has something to offer, whether it's based upon academics or not. If you have something you can provide someone with true value and you need something in return, that's, you know, that's what makes um, these relationships happen. So, yeah. And it's a brilliant idea. Like it's a Thank very you. simple concept right. but like genius well the, what we say is i'm not trying to change the user behavior of students i'm just trying to make your life easier and provide some sort of value to it mm -hmm. yeah. i have a sophomore who okay. goes to western connecticut and, and he needs stunited I'll, I'll, I'll let him know about it <laughs> <laughs> i definitely he could be a beta tester for right the second version yeah well i think what's better about this than just going to a tutor is you don't feel like okay i'm stupid i can't do anything you're like I'm stupid in this, but I'm not stupid in this, and they're stupid in this, so neither of us is really stupid, right? right? Well, that's exactly, we are, you know, we're removing the stigma that comes along with tutoring, and I think that's a major issue that, like you said, most students face. They're, they're almost scared to admit that they need the help, so, mm. you know, join this sort of community where everyone feels welcome. And you're also helping them tap into their passion points, right? Exactly. Like, so I, I hated math, right. right? So, but I loved history or Social studies, like that was my strong suit. So if I can work on something that I'm passionate about, then it just, it creates a great opportunity for everybody to work collectively. Definitely, yeah. And, yeah. and what's the most uh, common, I'd say, topic or subject people ask uh, help for? I would say pretty much my example, writing and math. For some reason, <laughs> whether they don't want to do it or they need help with it, um, I feel like these gen ed classes like the writing and the math classes that you're required to take. Majority of the time, you're not a math major or not a writing major and you just need simple help. And so these students can provide that help for you. Yeah, I wish there would have been somebody that could have helped me with history. So I actually loved math, and, and I kind of had a math brain, so I went into chemistry. But history and even, like, starting marketing stuff was, like, Greek to me. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do these people remember what happened, what war this was, who the general, like, mm -hmm. all that stuff. And you said you're beta testing the second phase of the app right now? Yeah, so we launched the original app, um, like I said, about a year and a half ago. And since then, we've done... Just a, you know, a ton of R&D, making sure that we are providing something with true value mm -hmm. because the idea can be great and the concept can be great, but if the app doesn't meet that expectation, no one's going to stay on the platform. Mm -hmm. So with that, we've developed a whole new news feed for students to kind of connect and you know throw out random questions or comments. Um, you can now match based upon a card stack of other students. So similar to how a, a dating app would work, you'd get provided uh, profiles that complement your strengths and needs, mm -hmm. swipe right in the ones you like, left in the ones you dislike. Now you can private message all those individuals that you swiped right on. So it adds some fun to uh, education, which I believe is pretty tough to do. Yeah, yeah. it's very, very cool. Thank What's you. the name of the guy who created Facebook? 
Mark Zuckerberg. I feel like I'm sitting next to the next Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> you are. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you exactly about that because there's certain people that I like and connect with and certain people that I'm like oil and water with. And right. so it sounds like you're trying to address that piece of it, too, with mm-hmm. these profiles. Mm-hmm. Does that work well? Is that part of it that you're like using machine learning to improve or whatever? So that's something that I would like to eventually work on a patent for is some sort of algorithm to match you specifically based upon your interests inside of school, outside of school, what fraternity you're in, you know, things of that matter. So right now it's based upon your strengths and needs that you chose. And then you can kind of sift through who you like and who you don't like. But the more help we can provide through the app, the better. So something like that along the lines is definitely, um, you know, in our thought process. Yeah. How easy is the app to use? Well, very easy. I mean, that, that's sort of the premise behind it. I never wanted to um, provide a student something that takes a long time to sign up for and then a long time to adapt to. Because I know I have about 60 seconds of your time. And if you can't understand the app in that time, I'm going to lose you. Mm. And so. did you develop the, the app by yourself or do you have a technical co-founder or you are the technical guy? <laughs> so I'm, I'm the founder. I don't code. Per, so I had to reach out to some coders and developers, which was probably the hardest process of this entire startup journey was just, you know, like you mentioned about history, code is such a foreign language to me. So I had to almost trust in random strangers that they were getting the job done. And eventually what I did was I found developers that I, you know, almost call my co-founders nowadays that are the tech guys. And we make sure to relay the messages clearly to each other and understand, okay, this is exactly what we want to do. Here's how we're going to do it. And what platforms are you available on now? So right now we're on the App Store, but the second version will be on both Google Play and the App Store. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. So So for security purposes, like I have a daughter Mm -hmm. and a son, where do people meet to do this exchange of tutoring? So meeting is based, you know, that's why we want to provide you a way to connect through the app so things like that don't happen. Um, you know, so technically you don't have to ever leave the app itself to find your help. If you want to privately message through the app uh, yourself, you can. You can send messages, you can send documents. So everything is there for you. Now, what we're thinking of in the future, um, it's funny you mentioned and brought it up, is we want to maybe create hotspots. So we will give you a suggestion based upon your both, you know, both your locations, where a safe area for both of you guys to connect to or cool. meet up with. Yeah, so there's a... It sounds like a virtual component to it right now and then eventually like a live experience. We're thinking about it. Yeah. 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 I think that, you know, really encompasses everything we're trying to do with this whole educational community. Mm -hmm. Where are you using this? You have a few schools, you said, right, that you're using? When we launched the app, I launched it nationally. And, and, you know, my thought was like, okay, I'm going to launch this. And in a month, it's going to be blown out and it's going to be international. Everyone's going to know about it. And obviously things like that don't happen the way you expect them to. So I went on my own campus. I would travel to the neighboring campuses in Jersey. I've been as far as um, I've been out to California. I've been to Florida. And all I do is I'll set up a table. I'll have some sort of free merchandise to give out. I'll say, hey, download the app. You know, I'll get a free T-shirt. Then they'll ask the question, though, what is this? So like I mentioned before, all I can do just to get in front of these students. And I think we actually had a school in Auckland, New Zealand, right? Like a passage about us, which is pretty crazy because I don't know how they heard about it, but. That was pretty cool to see that our reach is expanding pretty far. Are you on social media? Yeah. So yeah. that's how they heard about you. I guess right? that's Probably. how. Yeah. 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 We make sure our, our social media is on point too. So it's very least. important. Yeah. Cool. Are you looking for investors? We were, and now we're kind of pausing that whole process. We don't think we necessarily need 
the extra capital at this time. Mm-hmm. Definitely something in the future that I'm going to have to do, start raising capital. So if you do know any investors or VCs, I would love to at least uh, you know get in contact with them. Well, some may be listening, so yeah, there I it hope is. So. And I know when we spoke, you had ideas for maybe three different patents. So yeah, yeah, yeah that'll yeah. help with the VC investment. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. So this is yeah. uh, what a great idea. Thank so, you. So I wish I had this when I was in school, right? Yeah. So you are listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710 with Elizabeth Gearhart and our media maven at iHeart, Kenya Gibson. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearhartLaw.com. At Gearhart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. It's Passage to Profit. Remember, everyone, to go to the Passage to Profit page at GearheartLaw.com and vote for your favorite project. So to summarize, we had Sheila Donovan from ICanMarketOnline.com. And then we had Gail Kreitzer from DashboardingMinds.com. And then we just had John Rondi from StuNitedApp.com. They were all awesome and great. They were. So now you have to decide which one you want to vote for. So remember, you can only vote once, but you have till next week at 8 p.m. to get everybody else to vote. So Google Passage to Profit. Go to the Gearheart Law website. You'll find the contest on there. And this evening's pitch contestants will receive a Passage to Profit t-shirt. And the best overall vote getter for the show will receive an Amazon gift card for a whole $25. <laughs> Listen, you can reinvest it into your business. Yes. <laughs> so before we sign off, we want to thank everybody who participated today. We love hearing all the pitches and we want to thank our featured guest today, Charles Miglietti. Thank you very much what for did you inviting think? me. I, I thought it was amazing. I really like to hear people pitching, uh, especially American people, because I think you are amazing. It's a great uh, learning for me to hear you uh, pitch today. Well, it's great to have you here. Yes, and thanks again, Kenya, for sitting in for us. It's time to thank everybody. So thank you, Noah Fleischman, Rob, our engineer, and the whole iHeart team. And don't forget to join us next week for another excellent speaker and another round of pitches. And listeners, you can start thinking about what your pitch will be. Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. 